John Gottman uh, founded the Gottman Institute. I think John Gottman is a rabbi. I'm not sure about that, but he's a, he's a researcher in the realm of relationships. He's, he's like my favorite research in the area of relationships. Um, kind of made his mark by filming couples interacting you know, like for hours, and he cataloged their, their interactions, studied them carefully, and he was able to correlate uh, future outcomes, like they were happily married or divorced or unhappily married, uh, to what he observed in their interactions. And he, he did this to the point where he was able to predict, after being with a couple for 10 minutes, uh, whether they were headed for divorce or not, with an accuracy rate of 94%. So, I mean, that's, that's telling you something about the power of the research and uh, uh, the, the way that the, the things that he picked out. And he noticed something that he calls uh, bids for emotional connection that are like the stuff of our connections with one another. Uh, he said, like, we're constantly, without even thinking about it, making little bids to one another for attention or for connection. And how we respond to the bids of others kind of determines the quality of our connection, our relationship. And, and bids are like big moves or little moves. Um, yeah, it's, it's what we do all the time without being aware of it uh, to maintain, create, or renew connection. So it might be as simple as uh, saying hello or saying goodbye or saying, isn't that a magnificent cloud uh, configuration right now? Or notice, you know, you seem preoccupied, a, a penny for your thoughts. Uh, might be a touch on the arm, it might be a smile, it might be just a moment of eye contact, it might be a hug. We make these bids without even being aware of it. Um, it's like an observation or a comment uh, in hopes of getting some response, like, nice day. And yeah, is the response to that little bid. And what matters most, he says, is not whether people agree or not or have a lot of conflict or not, but what matters most is how attentive we are to each other's bids. It's like, it's such a little thing, and yet it's so significant. It's like the, the stitches that constitute uh, our relationship over time. We can ignore bids, we can rebuff bids, or we can respond positively to bids. So if you say, oh man, I, I had a doozy of a day, and I look at you and say, tell me about it. Well, that's a, that's a positive response to your bid, connection. Um, if I'm looking at my smartphone when you say that, and I go, uh-huh, and that's like a move away from you in your bid. If I say, can't you see I had a hard day too? Are you the only person who has a hard day? No. Well, that's a rebuff of your bid, and it's broken connection. And it's just, it's just amazing to think that these things are happening all the time. The thing is, if we feel our bids are being ignored or rejected, we stop making them. And that's a huge factor in a sense of like loneliness in a relationship or a loss of connection in a relationship. So it's, it's really worth paying attention to how we make and respond to bids in our connections with each other, especially in our, our important um, relationships that really need tending over time. So Thinking about making and responding to bids, I think, is a, a great way to think about our connection with God 
and understand what's going on and our feeling of connectedness to God. So um, I use the uh, divine hours for daily prayer. Um, it's this uh, you know, three-volume compendium of prayers. And there's a morning prayer, there's a midday prayer, there's an evening prayer, and a nighttime prayer. And the prayer is just to orient you. Or it's like, uh, here's like Friday nearest to January 15th. That's the office I'm going to use as the content for this uh, bid response thing. Uh, the morning office would be like from here to here and then down to here. So it's like roughly a page or a page and a half. And the way it's structured is like a call to prayer. And there's a little text from, from the Psalms and then the request for presence. And there's another little line from the Psalms or some, something else in the, in the scriptures. And you just read it and go down. And the, the thing I like about the Divine Hours is it kind of, um, it, by compiling these short passages or short prayers, um, it creates a kind of a back and forth, almost like you're observing a kind of dialogue between a human being and, and God. And you can kind of slip into that conversation by just simply reading through um, what's called the office or the, that morning's prayer. And this particular office really uh, struck me because um, it was Friday nearest to January 15th. So I guess that's, that's like a couple of Fridays ago. And it was all about this human divine bid and response process. Very strikingly, like the opening line of the office was, Search for the Lord and his strength. Continually seek his face. It's like to seek God is really like make a bid. Like put yourself out there. Make a bid. See what happens. The next line in the morning office um, shows how bids can go both ways and, and also the insecurity we human beings feel about making bids. So this is from Psalm 27 to 10 to 12. Um, Hearken to my voice, O Lord, when I call. Have mercy on me and answer me. That's, it's like the psalmist saying, respond to my bids, you know. <laughs> Pay attention when I, when I make a move in your direction. And then he goes on, you speak in my heart and say, seek my face. Like, you're the one, like, prompting me to make these bids. Then your face, Lord, I will seek. Hide not your face from me, nor turn your servant away in, dis in displeasure. It's like this, the inner dialogue of the person praying. And it's like, okay, I, I get it. You, I, I'm feeling like a little nudge. You want me to open myself to you. You want me to make a move to you. Here goes. Don't reject my bit. The next line in the office expresses like the raw fear that can keep us from making bids um, in God's direction. What terror you inspire. Who can stand before you when you are angry? It's like this fear of rejection. Like I might make a bid and I get slapped down by God. Like that would be awful. It'd be better not to have made a bid in the first place. It's almost as just kind of surfacing that, that fear. And then the next line in the office is this calm, reassuring voice. Uh, this is the voice we need to listen to in our heads in order to take the risk and make a bid toward God. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me out of all my terror. So we're really insecure about making bids. Um, we're insecure often in our relationships in making bids, and we're absolutely 
by default setting, insecure in making bids uh, toward God. You know, when I first started to make um, conscious um, efforts to connect with God, when I was about 19 years old, um, I can remember feeling so shy. I mean, it, when it came to the point of actually like wanting to make the move and to put into words a prayer, make a bid toward God, I just felt like so shy. It, w- it was like I was asking a girl at the, that horrible first junior high dance for, to dance with me. It was like the idea of making a bid felt like such a vulnerable move. And that, that feeling I had was like, I just felt like shy, like I wanted to, but like there was something keeping me from doing it. The next line in, in the morning office on that Friday shows God actually making bids for us, which is really quite reassuring. It's a reading from Luke's gospel, chapter 15. Jesus is telling a sequence of stories, and this is one of the parables. What woman with 10 drachmas or coins would not, if she lost one, light a lamp and sweep out the house and search thoroughly till she found it? And then when she had found it, called together her friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, I have found the drachma I lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So what the reading is saying is that, hey, God makes bids too. Um, Yes, it turns out the girl at the junior high dance wants us to make a move in her direction and is willing to make some bids of her own toward us. So it's like bid, baby, bid is what's going on here. This, I mentioned in Luke 15, this is one of three parables that Jesus is telling in a row about the bid-making God in the context of a lot of tension going on surrounding his ministry. I mean, there's, there's the riffraff, the whores, the prostitutes, the sinners, the tax collectors are making bids toward Jesus. There's something about Jesus that when he comes to town, people who are on the margins feel a new courage to make some bids. Uh, Son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. Son of David, have pity on me. Shut up. This is what's going on. The others are saying shut up and people are emboldened when they see Jesus, something about him to make bids and he's responding to their bids. He's responding to the bids of the wrong people. And the, and, and the religious leaders who feel like maybe their job is to control who does the bidding and how they get responded and to measure out the bids and the response and just manage that whole process, they're kind of upset with Jesus. So he's telling this, these three stories about God is like a bid-making God, and he'll make bids to anyone he darn wants to. So, so he tells this story about God as a shepherd who goes looking for one lost sheep, even if it means leaving the 99 for a while in order to find that one lost sheep. Or it's this one, God is the daft woman who turns her house upside down looking for her lost coin and then throws a party in the middle of the night when she finds it and annoys all her neighbors by calling them to the party. And then God is the father who's waiting for his wandering son who years ago left, got his inheritance and left home and, and nobody's heard from him since. And, and, and that son is seen out in the distance making his way back. And, and the father gives a huge positive response to the son's bid and runs out and throws his arms around him, hugs him, kisses him. And then the father goes out to the older brother who's upset that the father's responded in this way to the younger brother's bid. And 
and, and the father makes a bid to the older brother, like, hey, come on, come on in. Don't, don't be sulking out here because the older brother has been re- refusing the, the, the bid of the younger brother who wants to come home. And it's like bid in a response. Bid, baby, bid. It's just going all throughout this chapter. Our connection to God, you could say, is all about recognizing bids from God and responding positively to them and then being um, emboldened to make some bids of our own toward God. So, like, recognizing bids from God. Actually, um, God is making bids to us all the time, is the idea. Um, He's making bids in the form of gifts. He's making bids in the form of, of blessings. I mean, we're, we're only alive. We're only able, able to survive on this planet with, a, with a, like a stream of gifts coming our way that sustain our life. And each one is, is actually like from the hand of God to us. So we can ignore these gifts. Uh, we can refuse these gifts. Or we can accept them. And we can acknowledge the giver of these gifts and we can respond with like a positive response that's what gratitude is it's the positive response to God's bid when he offers us a gift Um, how important that is in just forging a connection with God and and it's all about like noticing things around you and interpreting them through that lens of faith you know if we could think of like the beauty of nature or just like the the darned interesting things going on in the natural world all the time. I, I, uh, Carl Safina had a thing on his fo- Facebook page that, you know, they're out in this reserve in Africa. There's, there's these poachers going, setting traps for, for gorillas. And these teenage gorillas figured out how to um, go to the traps and, and um, defuse them. Like, these gorillas learned how to do it. It's like the first time ever gorillas have learned how to do this. And these teenage gorillas, like, went around throughout the whole reserve where the poachers were operating. And they diffused, like, tens of, uh, tens of, of, of these uh, traps that they found. And I'm just like, well, well, go God, whatever, you know, happened between you and the, and the teenage gorillas and the, they discovered this and they're like sticking it to the man in this way. It's like, you know, help the gorillas and, and, and hinder the humans. And, and you know, um, it's, it's like, wow, it's, it's just noticing these things or, or beauty and uh, the beauty around us and or just how interesting this, you know, the sky looks, or whatever it might be, when, when we start just seeing the world like that, and interpreting what we're seeing as a bid from God, such that it's like, he's looking for, like, a response from us, and it, it's just the simplest response. It's just like noticing. It's like, oh, wow. It's like, you know, a little kid, they, they, they make, go to their art class and they make their little art project and then they want to come home and, and they want to show mom and dad, look, look what I made. And, and mom and dad go, oh, wow, that's so good. That's, that's beautiful. You know, that's like a positive response. Well, like God is like the little kid, you know, who's in art class and he's like spinning off universes and cosmos and like he's, he was a relational being. 
And he, like, he wants to like, take it to some place called home and show it to somebody who recognizes it and says, oh, wow, that's beautiful. And that's, that's what God gets out of being a creator and being a relational being. So the thing is, making bids and then responding to bids, can, it can just take so many, so many different forms. Um, I, I met um, Cheryl Carthage recently, um, and she gave me permission to tell this uh, story. Thank you, Cheryl, because I think this is, really, um, this is really a great thing for us to learn from. Um, Cheryl's actually part of a very impressive uh, family, the Carthage family. The, the, um, the, the, the first the Carthages came from, um, I think, the Deep South uh, after World War II and settled in like um, maybe in Tuttle Hill Road, that area like south of Milan. And the, the Carthage family started coming here once we opened our doors last, uh, last year. Mike is Cheryl's brother. And Kristen is Mike's wife, and Justin is Mike and Kristen's son, and, and they often bring other members of the family um, to church with them. They did one of the, the um, you know, family uh, Advent candle, uh, and they tend to sit toward the back. I won't point them out where they're sitting now, but so I, I had a had a sit down, uh, shared a cup of coffee with Cheryl, and Cheryl's younger than I am, but has suffered a string of lost loved ones. Um, she lost her husband when she was 41 years old. Um, she, in, in a recent stretch, um, she lost her sister, she lost her mom, and then most painfully, uh, about a year ago, she lost her only child, a son, Carlos Jr., to kidney disease. I mean, it was such a heart break, especially on top. You know how losses work. It's not just the one loss. It's always the loss stacked on top of other losses and so the grief kind of just sort of deepens as as time goes on so carlos jr's son was it was a good man he was a loving husband a great dad to his uh, two uh, teenage kids um three i think yeah um he he um he was playing high school football and he was using some over-the-counter pain uh, medications for some pain he was having. He wasn't really telling anyone about it. And it turned out these um, over-the-counter pain medications, uh, as sometimes happened, uh, damaged his kidneys. Uh, and he eventually had to be on dialysis. So it's just like, oh, it's just like a, it's just a hard way for that to happen. A year ago Christmas, he got a kidney transplant, which is like, wow, that's, that's exciting, that's good. It was at first a great success, but then complications, and then w within a month he was gone. And I, I'm, I'm hearing this story from Cheryl, and I'm like, I mean, how did you make it through? I mean, it's a, it's a year later, you're here, you're functioning. Like, how, how did you make it through? And, you know, she said, well, yeah, it was, it was hard. I, um, I was angry at God for quite a while. I mean, how could God let this happen? And I'm, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be angry with God too. I can only imagine, of course you were angry. H how did you deal with that? She said, well, after a while, I just told God I was sorry for being angry. And I wanted to stop. And... And then I felt better about myself. 
And then I realized that, you know, when I lost my husband many years ago, as bad as it was, God showed me a way through. And that's what he's doing now. He's showing me a way through. Now, I was still angry with God for letting all this stuff happen to Cheryl. I wasn't ready to give up on my anger, but, but Cheryl had processed her anger, and she, she had felt it, and she, had, she sat with it, and she didn't just, like, dismiss it for religious reasons, and she knew that this God can handle a little bit, bit of anger. He's a big boy. But I just thought, what an amazing move that was on her part. What, what an amazing bit. In, in the middle of that um, grief with such understandable anger to make a move toward God by, you know, it's just, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be angry with you forever. You know, like what an inspiration um, I felt. Just like what an honor to talk to this person who, and, and to get a little window into this sacred space between, between her and God. And I'm thinking, man, uh, I bet I could be making some moves toward God now that I'm not making. Um, what's going on with me that I could make a move toward God? If she could do that in those circumstances, maybe I could make a move toward God. So uh, next Sunday is the Sunday before Lent. Um, Lent starts with uh, Ash Wednesday, which is February 10th this year. Runs the 40 days up to uh, Easter, not counting Sundays if you count days like uh, obsessively, but um, the 40 days of Lent is the, is the in, in the history of the church, that's kind of like the period for us to really pay extra attention to our connection with God and um, kind of take a retreat together, the whole Christian community, treat it like a, a retreat. Let's all focus together with a little more attentiveness to our connection with God during the season of Lent. Focus on the life and ministry of Jesus, who's, you know, God making moves toward us. And so, you know, Lent, you might think of it. Um, Emily will be giving us an orientation to our, our corporate practices of Lent over the uh, next Sunday. But to think about it in terms of this bid and response to, you know, maybe during Lent especially, to be trying to tune in, to recognize bids from God that are coming our way that maybe we haven't noticed or we haven't interpreted as a bid from God. Um, and then like, well, how might I respond positively to those bids? You know, have I, with God, have I, am I like the friend who's just always got my smartphone out, you know, and you're talking and I'm, you know, like that. I read some research recently that um, if you're having a conversation and a smartphone is visible, the conversation is less intimate and less connected just by virtue of the smartphone being visible. Because the other person's thinking, well, I wonder, you know, I don't want to go too deep because I might, you know, go into angry birds or, you know, something like that, get a little bored with our conversation. I thought, wow, all the different things that hinder this process, you know, are we like that? with God half the time where, you know, got our face and our smartphones and he's like, honey, you know. <laughs> and then maybe to think about making some bids of our own uh, during Lent. So good enough on that. Let's just take some time uh, to observe some of this and with a couple of minutes of 
silence. We like to do this at the end of the time here. And this is your time to spend however you want. We'll take about two minutes together. I just suggest if you want to process this a little bit more, just to ask the Spirit to sensitize you uh, to this bid response uh, dynamic. Um, maybe think about your response to bids that someone important in your life has been making and you've been kind of blowing past them or missing the opportunity to respond positively. Or maybe just reflect on your own willingness to make some bids in relation to God. Let's uh, take a nice deep breath just to relax, get comfortable in your chair there, and we'll take a couple of minutes together. I'll let you know when the time's up. That uh, we're going to move on to the rest of our service here. So.